Hey guys and gals, thanks for joining me for another exciting episode of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. I'm your host, Eddie Macaranis, and before we begin, I'd like to ask you a favor, my valued listener. If you find that this episode or any previous episode that you may have listened to has sparked a positive change in your life, please take a moment and rate this at five stars on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you listen from. Rate it as high as you can, and I ask that shamelessly because if it has in fact made a positive impact, I would love for other people to be impacted as well. Furthermore, please continue to screenshot your phones or tap the copy link and share this to your stories and with your followers on social media. Your sharing has helped gain some major traction for setting stages, and I want nothing more than for this show to make a positive difference for them as it has for you. Thanks so much. On with the show. Welcome to another episode of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. I'm your host, Eddie Macaranis, and I'm a former dancer who talks to people on this podcast to learn how they have set the stage by hustling an unconventional path in their life. Whether it's in business, entrepreneurship, or even in health, I love to sit down, learn about them, and share those experiences with you so that you might apply those learnings in your life. So if you've got a dream that you're hustling, if you've got aspirations to go bigger and go harder and go faster at life, this is the show for you, and I talk to the real people who are right in the thick of hustling that path with you. So in this episode, just before the new year, I reached out through Instagram for suggestions on who I should feature on the show. And a loyal Setting Stages supporter who happens to be an old friend of mine, Anthony Ruba, introduced me to a handful of awesome prospects for the show, and that's how I connected with our next guest, Little Honey V. V is a graphic artist who lives in the Bay Area, and she is just the prime example of why I started this podcast. V is going to explain how she went against her parents' will to become a computer engineer, and instead she pursued her dreams to capitalize on her own natural talent in art. And now she gets paid to do what she absolutely loves. V will also explain her story of how sacrifices, gambling with a leap of faith, and following her heart has made life so good. Now, it just so happens that this episode airs on Valentine's Day, which happens to be V's favorite holiday. So, as an ode to her and her art and her passion and her story, I've decided to air this episode on her special holiday. So, let's give it up for V. Welcome to another episode of Setting Stages with Eddie Mack. I am actually seated not in front of, but on the phone with my next guest. Uh, she runs a shop called Little Honey V, and I'm I'm sitting and talking to V. V, introduce yourself. Say what's up. What up? It's V. <laughs> <laughs> let, let them know what city you rep, though. Um. Uh. Well, I well where I stay right now. Where you where stay I'm now? Where you stay now? Where I stay right now, I'm in the 707. I'm in Vallejo. <laughs> okay. A little Bay Area action. Yes. Bay Area. Yes. 
Um, so you went, uh, we, we were talking a little bit before I started hit, uh, to hit the record button, but you said that you went to school at San Diego State with a mutual friend of ours. Um, but yeah. le- le- let's rewind the tape and describe your childhood. <laughs> Let me know where you're from, where you were born, all of that. Okay. Um, well, where I was uh, born and raised is South Side, San Diego, Paradise Hills slash National City. Yes. I grew up in both areas. Um, a lot of people from San Diego would consider that as the hood. <laughs> that place has gotten a facelift over the years, though. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Plaza Bonita looks hella different. I'm like, oh, I can walk here? You can walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You um, couldn't walk anywhere back in the day. Um, you know, like growing up around um, Skyline and Euclid, um, it was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People from San Diego know what the, what those streets are like, and dude, that neighborhood is it's not cracking. It's, no, it's not. Mm-mm. But I mean, definitely learned a lot a lot from my upbringing. But that's where I'm from. Cool. Yes. And um, now I stay in Vallejo, which I feel. Is pretty similar to those <laughs> neighbors. <laughs> you know, I'm only familiar so with, with uh, like, as far yeah. as that area of Vallejo. I mean, I don't know the geographics perfectly, but I like you're pretty close to what San Jose too. Oh no 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, uh, we're like north, so like oh, um, okay, north. probably yeah, twenty miles north of San Francisco. I got you. San now. Jose is like south. The same same length but south yes okay. okay okay i got you then yeah. my bad vallejo yeah. people if i offended you okay <laughs> <laughs> uh so what, yeah it's not that different um I, I really feel comfortable here i mean it's definitely similar to national city yeah definitely national city over paradise Hills, but yeah it's very similar like it's a it, it's, it's a rough part of san diego for sure what, what do you think that experience taught you um, I mean, I definitely think that um, it's it's crazy because when I moved to the Bay, you know, people are always like, "Why do you talk? Why do you talk like that? Like, you know, like where are you from? Uh-huh. Like, I'm from San Diego, and they're like, oh, so you like they their picture of San Diego is the gas lamp, you know what I mean, <laughs> and beaches, which is true. That is part of San Diego, but they, we got our hoods. Yes, we wrong. do. Like, we, we got our hoods, and you come from Oceanside, right? Yes, and that place has also yeah. come a long way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Oceanside, if, if, if my Bay Area listeners are listening to this, is comparable to Palo Alto, like East Palo Alto and Palo Alto. So, um, much like Oceanside, one side of the track is Stanford University. The other side of the track is, oh, you don't want to go there. Yes, (laughs) yes, that's the truth. There's a bridge that just, like, separates this Disneyland version of what Oceanside could be. It's like the dream of Oceanside. And then there's, like, the real world of Oceanside across the bridge. And it's a, yeah, it's a different world. (laughs) So, yeah, so, like, you know going here you know they're like well you know there's oakland and there's san leandro but you know people have their ideas about san diego but there's culture out there for sure yeah you know i I talked to my brother about like living or growing up in oceanside because because we we went to school early ages like we went to school in la uh north hollywood which is kind of a dicey part of town too um la la isn't the glitz and glam is that like you see on tv oh i've lived over 
in that area and worked in that area too. So I know exactly what you mean. There you go. And so we moved to Oceanside in our teenage years. He was like younger too. Like, so I just became a teenager basically of me moving to Oceanside. And, um, Mm -hmm. but we look back on it and I'm like, I like the balance of life that we got. Like we lived in the suburbs. I'm not going to lie. I'm not from the hood, you know, but I, but I lived near it and I, I was exposed to enough of it to understand like, man, there's, there's like, there's some reality outside of the front, the front door. You know what I mean? And I think that going to school with people who did live in the hood and also had, you know, um, a a network of friends and homies that were from the suburbs like us, it was interesting to just like have that reality be a part of how we saw the world. You feel me? Mm -hmm. No, I totally, I get it. Like, I feel like I definitely get my hustle mentality from growing up from where I, where I am, where I was, where I came from. So it's like, you know, you, you have that hustle mentality, like, how am I, how am I going to flip this to make some money? (laughs) Fair. Dude, understood. I used to, um, no lie. I used to sell condoms in middle school. And I'm not, I'm not kidding. I sold them for 25 cents a piece and I, uh, which was uh, the the profit after what do you get a box of like 10 condoms? Let's just say, you know what I mean? And then you sell them for 25 cents a piece. You're making more money than what you bought them for. So like uh, entrepreneurship was real, <laughs> but how, but, but think about that. I was, yes. And, and, but think about that for a second. I said that I sold them in middle school condoms in middle school. That's a problem, you know, but is it really because I feel like younger and younger, they, we need to be more exposed to, um, sexual education and, um, birth control. Yes. Well, that's fair. And that's where you learn all of it, right? Is it right around that yeah. age, that, that age group? So interesting. Anyway, so I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes. Hustle mentality was very real. You just, you, you do what you can to, to, to earn your keep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what about, I, definitely, I, I think I learned that from, from growing up in national city in paradise. Did, did you have anything like that? Like entrepreneurial, um, ventures when you were a kid though? So when I was a kid, um, it's crazy because, you know, we didn't really grow up with a lot. You know, okay. we were pretty broke. <laughs> we didn't have, like, technology or anything. Like, we didn't. We had one computer, but that was later on in life, like, definitely, like, high school years. So when I was growing up, uh, yeah, it was, we had to be creative with yeah. our fun. Okay. Like, did I... Did I have a small business like selling ice cream? No, no. but I mean, um, we did have to figure out different ways to get food on the table. Basically. I hear you. I hear you. How, so, like, what what are ways that you contributed? If, if if you even had to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, we would just, you know, we would either like go to um, if if people are from Paradise Hills and 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 South City, then you know. You know, like, we would have to, like, hustle people off the ice cream man, like... Oh, like that. <laughs> you know, share. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. When there's, like, five people at the table and you have one piece of chicken leg, I get it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, you have to share a lot. Yeah. You know, uh, um, man, speaking of sharing, too, I, I, uh, when I grew up in L.A. with my brother, there were 13 people in a one-story house at one point in our life. You know, I mean, and, and those are all those are you, you know, <laughs> the whole like uh, the the nuclear family. No, extended families up in there. You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so some, like so, one example of that would be like 
you know, um, Filipino food, like let's just say like adobo or whatever, um, we would have hella sabao. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. You know what sabao is? No, you, I do know what it is, but please explain to the audience members that don't. Okay, so sabao is like, I don't know, the juice or the aju. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think of it as like the soup or broth portion of your meal, maybe. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I didn't know that other Filipino families didn't eat their adobo that way. It was just us because we were so broke that we had to, like, share the juice, you know, <laughs> share the sabao. Yeah, yeah. So if you didn't have a piece of meat, you had at least the flavor on your rice. Man. Yeah, that's something. And you know what's funny about that is that I can still eat rice just with the, the sabao. Like, no meat, whatever. The, <laughs> like, the flavor's there. Mom's cooking. I, I could taste a little bit of that vinegar in there. That's fine. We're good. Right? Yes. So, uh, so, so that's just like an example of how you stretched, you know, you, stretched your money a little bit. I get it. I get it. And I remember like um, s- spending some summers with my cousins in San Diego while I was still living in L.A. Um, so it was the same thing. They had a family of like five children, you know, and, and like one can of Vienna sausage, bro. Like, <laughs> wow, really? And, and that's just how it is. That's just how it is. Well, so so you obviously had you came from a very humble foundation. You obviously learned some family values because of those restricted resources, right? Like, if that's fair to say. Yeah. Cool. What about your creative outlet? I mean, obviously that's what you do for a living. Like, how did that come about? Tell me the story of how it all started for you. So I think, um, like, going back to being, you know, having to be creative to have fun. Um, because this is, this is, we're talking about like pre cell phone, pre, um, internet, you know, this is before technology. Sure. And, um, you know, we would, we would do things like play outside. Um, Blockbuster was a big part of my childhood. Yep. <laughs> um, but, um, one thing that really, I feel like really sparked my creative outlet was, um, my cousin. Uh, who I'm super close with until this day, um, we're more like sisters um, and brothers than than cousins. But we every summer they will come to visit. Okay, okay? and their dad had a video uh, recorder, a uh, camcorder, and um, every summer we would record videos. And on this tape, on one tape. Um, you could see us growing up. Like we would start as like making infomercials. Like, um, remember Miss Cleo, like the psychic. Yeah. Whatever, like, oh my gosh. I actually forgot yeah, about her, but her yeah. Own. And then like, we would do like videos and stuff. And then the very last video before like this, this tape got lost. I don't know. I don't know what happened to it, but the very last video that we did was like, I was already in high school. So these videos started like when I was like 10 all the way up until high school. And then, um, the videos in high school were like full on productions. Nice. I'm talking about like, we would print out like rolling credits. Oh you know, on yes. TV. On paper, on paper. Yes. Yeah. On yeah. Paper. <laughs> and then we would like, you know, pull it up with like background music and stuff. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and then so, you know, back then, we didn't have YouTube and all that. And I'm pretty sure if we had YouTube back then, we'd be hella famous. Yeah. <laughs> we'd have been blown up already then. That's right? funny. We would have been, we would, you, y'all would have known about us. But, um, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> but yeah, there were full-on productions, and that kind of, like, stirred up 
the creativity part of it because we didn't have anything to do growing up in national city like yeah we're just like okay you know there's no technology nowadays you know there's no there was video games but but see it wasn't even a thought like 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 technology wasn't a thought we just had to come up with things to do with Mm -hmm. each other so i get that yeah that's what I, i that's in my mind what i think sparked the whole creative um the creative side of me okay you know like um i i think um by blood i do have some like innovation slash creative like blood because okay. my my dad i call him uh <laughs> i call him my father the inventor okay all right this man is just he's just he makes things out of like nothing like he made a bird cage out of a china uh, cabinet like he's like that kind of person wow and yeah he's just that he's just like a tinker like a person that makes things you know yeah um so i i feel like i it was in my blood always but um but the creative like my imagination came from um creating these stories you know like these little recordings and stories and um things that that's where that came from you know so how did that how did that evolve like so you're talking about video production right and yeah and, like this is pre like any kind of app sure this is pre any kind of programs you know yeah you're you're probably you're probably playing with a camcorder that actually has a, a full-size vhs tape in it that's that's what you were recording yeah. on right <laughs> And, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet about seventy percent of my audience doesn't even know what a VHS tape is. So there's oh that. Oh my god! Don't even say yeah. that. That's so okay. So one thing like with me is that I'm very nostalgic. I mean, I mean, obviously you could tell because I'm like bringing up VHS and yes. blockbuster. You know? <laughs> yes. Um, but like it, it's, it, I'm not very tech savvy, even though I am. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. I can you feel know, you. Like, very nostalgic. I'm so 90s. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all right. So how did that how did that how did that evolve then from from you know video production you're kind of a director, you're kind of an actor, you're kind of the the editor like now now how does how does that move into the next thing? Yeah, so um like I said like you know I felt like that was like the creative drive like where that stems from. All right. Um and then you know going to school in 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 high school and stuff um I felt like um even though Paradise Hills and my high school uh Morse High Tiger Pride mm, Good old Morse, <laughs> yes. Um had a bad rap. Yeah. I mean, if I if I mention like, oh, I went to Morse High, they're like, ooh, mm. <laughs> you know, like mm. people have their ideas about this place. Sure. And 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 yeah, there was like a lot of gang violence, and there was a lot of um, violence in the past. I don't know it, during when I when I went there if it did, but um, we had a lot of resources at that school. Like I didn't learn that until later, like when I went to college and stuff. That um, there was a lot of courses and classes given to us that other schools didn't have. And I'm talking about um, like photography, graphic arts class, um, uh, architecture. And we had hella um, extracurricular stuff too, like 
you know, cheer, whatever. We had all the sports and then auxiliary. And, like, we just had a lot of options. And I didn't really realize that until later. Okay. So, yeah, so one of the classes that I took, um, I can't remember what year, to be honest. I'm I'm either going to say sophomore or junior year. I know it wasn't my senior year, but um, I took a graphic arts class. Okay. And um, um, I've always been interested in the arts. You know, like I said, we we always did creative things as kids. Um, but what what I really put me towards the path of graphic arts was this class. And um, we learned photography, printing press, screen printing, and um, it. And this was pre computer. So we, everything that we were doing, like, say, if we were printing a T-shirt or whatever, it was all off a drawing, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. You had to so sketch it out. You had to you line it up. computers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So it, it definitely, um, that was definitely, like, the root of, like, the actual graphic arts path that yeah. I went through. So um, I can't even remember the teacher's name, but, yeah, like, Morse had a lot of, um, opportunities to to go through different avenues, creative avenues. So it's um, interesting. You you talked about the, some of the extracurricular things like cheer, uh, sports, and or like team sports in general. Um, yeah. Even ASB, probably you know, in that mix of yeah, things. Yeah, we had everything. You also said though that like I wasn't aware of it at that time, but somehow you were drawn to apply or or sign up for this graphic design or graphic arts class yeah so why did that why was that so like apparent to you in the meantime all the other stuff wasn't yeah you know it's it's really weird um like you know you have to take certain extracurricular not extracurriculars but you have to take courses um that prepare you for college or whatever um and just looking the previous years that I had in high school, like I took um, home ec, which is like cooking. I was definitely not good at that. Hopefully <laughs> 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 the baking part. Um, I am a good cook, but not not a good baker. But um, <laughs> it like all of the other things were very like sh- like um, streamlined and very like architecture. This is what we do. Drafting. This is what we do. Um, you know, um, but graphic arts was like an array of things. Like it, it, it encompassed, like I said, like photography, printing press, screen printing, um, just like a bunch of different things. And I was drawn to that because it was like, oh, there's multiple things that I can do in this one class. I see. Okay. Got it. So you didn't want to, yeah. you, you felt like, okay, I need to, I need to let loose some of these creative juices, but not confine myself to just photography or just graphic design or whatever. Right. It was yeah, like, yeah, you, you exactly. had this, that's cool. Okay. I got you. And because I, I mean, to be honest with you, like, I'm, I don't consider myself an artist. Like there was like art, you know, like art classes, drawing classes and stuff like that. But I was like, that's not me. Like, I know that that's not me. Okay. And I know that I can apply myself in, in in different aspects, not just like one thing. So that that's basically why. Okay, that's fair. I mean, and were you like probably fifteen at the time, sixteen, and maybe at most seventeen when you made the decision to go jump into this class? You're not supposed to have it all figured out by then, you know. No. <laughs> so. No, definitely not. Like I, I definitely think that. Um, as far as the graphic 
arts path, that was the first the first thing that I fell in love with. Because, like I said, this was pre-computers. Um, so yeah. we were doing everything by hand, and I really appreciated the, um, like, the hands-on thing about it. Yes. And um, um, I definitely, I had, like, a, a lot of craft. Um, influences when I was younger, like my mom, like I said, like I, we were broke. So yeah. my mom would always like, so she would make like our Halloween costume. She would sew our uniforms for school. Like she like would be on the sewing machine until late, late night. And I've always appreciated, um, that side of things. So, um, it was, it was interesting to, to find new skills and to learn, uh, new things that's other cool than, other than like sewing and and just like one subject like you said yeah did you know then because oh, it's so, it sounds like that's when you fell in love with the graphic design or graphic arts part of it, it did you know then that you were going to pursue that as your future okay so i'm gonna be one hundred with you yeah i, I wouldn't <laughs> expect anything less on this show so bring it on <laughs> It was always in the back of my head, but being a second-generation Filipino, you know what it feels like to be, you know, to to want your parents to be to be proud of you. Yeah, I'm and not. I'm nodding my head already because I know where this is going. Yeah, but but not, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you do it. Not on their radar. Yeah, I'm you know gonna let you do that. Like no. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. Go ahead. You know, that's not on their their mind you know, graphic arts or arts in general, yes. that's not in their minds. And like coming from immigrant families or coming from families that come from different countries, we have this similarity, like whether you're, whether your parents are from Mexico or Philippines or Vietnam or Laos, whatever, you, you have this connection with these people because our parents worked really hard to get to the land of the free, right. you know, absolutely to, to, to get, better opportunities um to make money and to to be successful and so no that wasn't um in my future at the time it was definitely something that i really liked doing and it was like at the time i was like man this is such a dope class and i really like it and um i know we shouted out Ant earlier but he's gonna come up in this conversation right now because um so I went to college at SDSU, and my major was actually computer engineering. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was... You would have been the nerd. next Napster. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right? I was a straight-up nerd. Like, I was good at math. I was good at physics and sciences. Um, English, not so much. I couldn't even speak English, let alone, like... It was like straight up Ebonics. Um, but, you know, I was in the Comp E program. And back in the day when I was going to SDSU, um, it, of course, it's different now because there's, you know, uh, uh, you know, female uh, leads are, are really a thing right now. But back in the day, I was the only female in my classes, in my computer engineering class. Okay. And, and it was so intimidating, and at times it was very, like, um, even though it was, I mean, I wasn't the best at it, but I wasn't bad, you know? Like, I was getting my C-plus done. Like, I was in, you know, um, the, the workshops 
uh, till late, late night working really hard in getting my degree, but um, I didn't feel fulfilled by that. And um, I, like I mentioned before, um, I was part of AB Samahan, which is a Filipino organization at San Diego State University. And I met Ant at the time he was the chair. So basically the president of the whole organization. Um, and he was an, a graphic design major. And so, Which is a rare I, thing. I kind of, yeah. And, and so we, you know, like coming, coming up and I'm just like, man, like he's actually in these art classes and, and doing, doing like graphic design stuff. Like that's, pretty fucking cool like i want to fucking do that because you know when i was in high school that was my interest but i was so fixated in 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 being what my parents wanted me to be okay and 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 it wasn't really like i would i sucked at it you know what i mean i get it yeah yes i wasn't a bad comp major i was pretty good um but i just didn't feel fulfilled by that you know um so i started to take um, art classes on the side, like behind my parents. <laughs> wow! All right. <laughs> yeah, so it was really bad. Like, where, was, where at school? Like, like, like you were you were paying for units at school? Like, with, yeah, at wow. San Diego State. Yeah, under the I, under I, the I, radar I, from I, mom and dad. <laughs> wow. Huh? I said under the radar from mom and dad. You were doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. didn't know. Like, I I was sneaking. Like, because for the most part, like. Um, you know, um, I, I did, I had SAFSA and everything, but you know, I was still pretty much part-time living at home. Okay. And, um, I just, I, I started taking art classes like behind their back, like sneaking. And, um, I think this was like around my second year, like sophomore year at SDSU. And, um, like the classes were impacted, like the art classes. And if you go to university, impacted classes means priority goes to freshmen and the people who declared art as their major. Okay. So, yeah, so I didn't declare art as my major, so I was, like, in comp E classes trying to get in these classes, like, crashing art classes, um, uh, doing a lot of sneaking around and stuff like that, um, and... I even talked to, like, you know, my student counselor, and I was just like, yo, like, compi is really not for me. And she was like, well, are you doing good? I'm like, yeah, I'm not, like, failing any classes. But it's just not, it's just, I mean, I guess school is supposed to be boring, but it's like, you know what I yes. mean? Like, I didn't feel fulfilled. Yeah, like, yeah, but and, but you were conflicted, empty. like, trying to balance the voice of mom and dad and your, like, your heart, you know, at the same time. Yeah, definitely. And, and like I said, like, I was the only female, like, I, like, during this time, like, nowadays, like, there's a lot of females in, in those, um, career paths, career paths, and thankfully, because of the STEM program and everything like that, like, kids are, are, like, fem- uh, girls are into, you know, um, like, sciences and math and, like, uh, engineering and things like that, but yes. back in the day, it, I was the only female I hear you. in the classroom. Just picture, you know, you're staying hella late, like at a, a comp e lab, and you're the only female. You know what I mean? Yeah, and not to say that, yeah. But, you know, it's just 
there was a lot of ridicule, not only like, oh, you're the girl of the class. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you're the, like, you know, it was either one extreme or the other. So it was either, um, oh, we don't want to be your partner because you're a girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, we want to be your partner because you're a girl. You know Dang, <laughs> double-edged sword. Yeah. So it was really hard for me to, to do to do that major. And um, um, I ended up deciding that um, that's not really what I wanted. Okay. You know? Um, and so that summer in between sophomore and junior year of, of San Diego State, I started looking at art schools. And um, like much like the engineering program, there wasn't a lot of programs in San Diego at the time. Okay. Um, so I started to look north. <laughs> and um, I applied to a couple art schools in L.A., uh, one of being CalArts, the Academy of Art, and um, FITM L.A. Okay. And, yeah, so then I started going to, like, school tours and stuff, and um, I did get accepted to FITM L.A. and um, Academy. And so um, I had to choose in between, and to be honest, FITM was cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, okay. Yeah, and um, it was hard. It was hard uh, opening up to my parents and being like, yo, this is what I really want to do. And um, at the time, they said, you know what, you can do that. Just know that we're not going to support you financially. I see. If you decide to go there, you know, if you decide to go to art school and not go to San Diego State, whatever the major is, um, then we can't do anything about about it financially. So I said, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so I just packed up my bags and I left. And you did it. And I had to. I had to work full time and go to school full-time. I'm talking about 18 units per quarter um, school plus work full-time to have a roof over my head to be able to eat and to pay for school. If you don't mind me, gonna be there. What, what, was, what, what was that work full-time that you were doing while going to school? Oh, um, I, <laughs> I worked for Nordstrom. <laughs> okay, so some retail. So retail. Yeah, retail. Um, and my first job in Nordstrom, which is like, I still think it was one of the funnest jobs, was uh, I was the store operator. So that little voice that you hear over the intercom, <laughs> that was me. <laughs> nice. Well, you had the energy for it. I'll tell you that. If it's anything like what it is right now, if it was anything like this, you had the energy for that voice. You know what's really funny is that um, we had to be trained to get our voice to be um, on Nordstrom level, and I'm doing air quotes right now when I'm saying Yeah, <laughs> Nordstrom level, all right. Yeah, Nordstrom level, um, we had to be soothing. <laughs> oh, I get it, I get it. <laughs> Good afternoon, so shoppers, right yes. Now, okay, let me page you. So it would be like, okay, say you uh, left your ID card in the men's department. All right, here we whatever. go. So I'd be like... Will customer Eddie Mac please return to the men's department on the fourth floor? You sound like Siri. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how they trained us, you know. Wow. So that was my first 
job in Nordstrom. Um, and then and then I did a bunch of retail jobs to get me through college. Damn. <laughs> Look at you, huh? You were probably eating Top Ramen daily. <laughs> yeah. Because that's not, that's not I easy. Was, I, was eating, um, I was eating Ono's over there in Santa Monica Boulevard on Wilshire. Okay. Like, that was <laughs> Get up, Ono's. <laughs> <laughs> Man. That's a cool story, yeah. though. I, I love that. Okay, so, man, you went against the grain of what your, you know, your family's traditional values would have been. Well, you could have been, a, uh, you know, a computer engineer and probably, you yeah. know, you could have built Instagram. But instead, you went ahead, <laughs> you went ahead and, I, uh, and you wanted to design, which, and, and that was true to your heart. Like, it was more fulfilling and it was that risky and you were willing to do it and make all those sacrifices and... And here, and here you go. You left and you said, bye, bye, mom and dad. Thank you for giving me this chance. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. This is great. I had to. Like, I felt like it was a necessity to my being. That sounds hella deep, but it yeah. really is. How, how long did you go to school over there? Um, I, I didn't want to be in school for very long. Okay. Like, I hella wanted to, um, I could have been in a, in a, three-year program but at the time they only had um two-year programs i think but i but i took every opportunity so like i said i i I did like 18 units per quarter that's a lot yes like that's a lot of classes um so that i could finish really fast and i finished in like a year and a half oh wow dang (laughs) i know but 18 units a semester is what you said, right? So, I mean, that's a lot. No, a quarter. A quarter, yeah. quarter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so they so were that's separated. Like, yeah, that's, that's... four years of in th- learning in, like, a year and a half. In three months, you were taking 18 units, basically. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. I well, know. It's crazy. There's and that, there's that like, hustle. Huh? There, I said there's that hustle mentality then. I know. It's just, it just... I had to keep moving. And, like, most kids have winter break and summer break off yes i was taking 18 units in winter break and summer break too because i was just like i just want to finish i want to just i just want to get on with my career like i don't want to be stagnant like yeah. i don't want to just be in school all the time and that works for some people like i know a lot of people who are still in school right now and they're getting their master's and and graduates and stuff like that and that, that's cool for them but whew. I'm cool off of textbooks. Yeah, it's well. It sounds like you knew yourself enough at an early young age where you were like, not gonna waste any time. Like, like let let yeah. me just let me put my head down, make the sacrifices now, and then and then I'll figure it all out once I got all that stuff under my belt. Bruh, you telling me that back to me? I'm like, oh, am I looking in the mirror? Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I respect that so much, man. I, you know, if anything, I, I I'm sure that a lot of people can. Um, can kind of relate to this, but I wish that I had that earlier on in my life. It's like, I feel like only in the last maybe handful of years, am I really trying to starting to grasp what I'm passionate about, what I love doing, what I should have been pursuing the whole time. And here you are, you did it at a very young age and you know, and I like to think that I'm still very young, but, and there's still time, but for you to figure it out earlier on, like, I mean a decade, you know, maybe before most people do was very like fortunate on your, on your behalf. That's dope. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. I've been in this game for really long, but I also want to say it's never too late. There you go. You know what I mean? You can do, you can do whatever the fuck you want with your life. Like, it's, it's, it's your life and it's your story to write. So, um, 
it doesn't matter if you're speeding along like how I did and like you wanted to get it done or if you took your time, like eventually um, you're going to go down the path that you were meant to go down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And and you know what? You've got one shot at this thing called happiness and why not try like better late than never? Yeah. Why not? I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, That's great. There's, there's a lot of my friends who are just like, oh, I'm too old. Like, I don't want to start this thing that I'm doing. I'm like, if you have the skills and the mentality to do it, why not? Yeah. Yo, you only have, you're right. You only have one life. So there's really no reason to, to hold back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even more so for you, you, you weren't holding back for even your parents. You know what I mean? Like you didn't even hold back from them. You're like, Oh, I'm just going to go ahead and live mine. Good for you. It was, was, I mean, you know, like, yes, I'm very um, happy that I, that I did what, what I did, but yeah, like it hurts because I come from like a Filipino family and those values are very high for them. So me and my parents weren't really cool for a little while. You know, we're cool now, yes. but like, you know, during that time, we were not cool. Like, we yeah. were not on the same page. And I had to do what I had to do because knowing that I'm their child, like, eventually they're going to come around. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not changing. Like, I'm still, I'm still your daughter and you're still my parents, so I don't think... I don't think that um, really bothered me Respect. as much at the time. Respect, I but get yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. It's 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 definitely not an easy task to do. Yeah, you know, I was looking at. I mean, you consider like, okay, I mean, I joke. You could have been the person that programmed Instagram or whatever, but I mean, you being an artist now, like uh, you, from what I can tell on your feed, and and you have to pardon me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw that you had designed several things for Target, do like like Target the store guys. So, um, do I have that right? Yeah. So you, um, my nine to five job is that I am a PJ designer. I design pajamas for different retailers, like so any uh, licensed pajamas. I'm talking about. Uh, Mario, Zelda, Grinch, Dr. Seuss, Cookie Monster, all those type of characters, Disney characters, Stitch, like Pixar, um, any of those pajamas and onesies and underwears that you see at Target, Walmart, Kohl's, Hot Topic, Think Geek, Party City, those are just like a few. <laughs> wow. Um, um, yeah, our, our company designs those things so that's my jobby job that's my nine to five job how badass is this you used to be the voice at the nordstrom right <laughs> that retailer taught you how to speak so that you can announce eddie mac was left his wallet at the register and now you're working for multiple retailers as the person that designs what they sell like yeah my have the you tables turned or what <laughs> jeez i mean it's it's crazy because you know, people do, like, you know, I post those things because I'm proud of, like, um, the things that I do as just my 9-to-5 job, but a job is a job. Like, you're still working at yourself. I hear you, yeah. I always say that, you know, and people are just like, yeah, but it's so cool. And I'm like, yeah, I get you can say that. It, it, comes, <laughs> it comes with its pressures, just like anything else. But, you know, uh, but I think what's great about your situation, I think that maybe that's why people think it's so cool is that, you know, you're doing it for, first of all, how many retail stores have shut down in the last three years? 
Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like buy Kmart, yeah. see a Toys R Us, and then Target seems to be like the one last standing, I feel like, you know, yeah. opportunity for a, a brick and mortar to still exist. They still have a chance because everyone does their Target run for everything, you know? Yeah. Um. So I think uh, it, it, that so that part of it is cool. And because of its popularity, knowing that you are the person behind your three-year-old's onesie is pretty legit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. I mean, like I said, like I really do. The reason why I do post those things is because I am, I am proud of what I do in my nine to five job. Yeah. And it's pretty fun. You know, like I love that it's my job and I don't have to button up for work. You I know, like that. I can go, I mean, five times, like uh, nine times out of 10. I, I don't know why I said five times. What the hell? Um, <laughs> nine times out of 10, I'm like in shorts and like just a t-shirt you know like I don't have to deal with customers I don't have to deal with any of that and I just go in and design and that's like my day-to-day like you know that's my nine-to-five yeah I I am grateful for that and I'm pretty proud of that you know you should Um, be you should be because a lot of people don't think that you can make money being creative it's it's there's a stigma to being a designer which is really weird like i mean i'm talking about like um i'm not rolling in the dough but i I, i'm making do and i do you know like i uh i do make money it's not like a a nurse yeah yeah you know, like there's a there's a ton of people. Like I, I work I work with the public, so I'm in uh, I'm in finance, right? And I'm and I'm saying that okay. lightly. I'm in banking, like straight up, and that's my yeah. that's my nine to five. That's what pays the mortgage and keeps the lights lit, you yeah. know. Um, but mm-hmm. I do I, I run into some folks that, you you know, they're they're making like six figure kind of money, but they seem so miserable. They seem so like, I don't know, like yeah. there's there's some emptiness. And there's a there's there's a great like quote from from this guy. His name is uh, Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh yeah. But he talks oh, about yeah. like how how you make your money is more important than how much you make. Mm-hmm. And you like I mean I just I, I if I rewind the tape and I think about your story and what you've shared so far, going to school for you know computer engineering, switching the game on your parents, um, and then bringing in the creative like side of you to like pursue that. Um, and then you love your nine to five. Not many people are saying that they enjoy their time in, like while they're clocked in and you get to do that. Yeah. You get to let the, that, that artistic you flow every single day and you get paid for it. Yeah. And that's, that's a rare I, thing. I, yeah. That's a rare yeah, thing. Um, so, okay. So tell me a little bit about, I want to talk more about like you and your pursuit. You, so you've got your nine to five designing for all these major retailers. Dope. <laughs> but you've got your own shop too. And it's an e it's an e-shop, right? You don't have a brick and mortar or anything. Yeah. Do I, okay, cool. So tell us about Little Honey V. Um, well, Little Honey V started off as, um, I don't know if you remember Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Tumblr. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean. Uh, to be honest, like my website is still a Tumblr, um, but it started off as literally um, like a shoot the shit kind of blog where I would just kind of like a daily blog, take like a diary of sorts um, where this is pre Instagram. So um, people were just sharing like, um, like gifts or memes on there. Um, and I would, illustrate 
daily blog. So instead of like, you know how now there's like Instagram. So you put a picture and you're like, my morning walk or whatever it was, you know? Yes. I do my morning run, you know? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, my morning run, whatever. Um, I would draw like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Bay Area, but BART system, which is like, you know, like it's like a basically a train or subway that um, takes you to and from wherever. And I used to ride BART all the time. And I would just like, the night before I had been doing a painting and I drew my feet and there was like paint splotches on my feet. And I was like, (laughs) riding the BART today. And this is is my view or whatever. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Pre-Instagram. Okay. Yeah. So you said, telling me that I could have made Instagram, yeah, pretty much. No. You, <laughs> you, were, you were the reason Instagram exists, because you were doing that already. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's what it started as, actually. Okay. And um, it just started as a daily in, uh, illustration blog, and I would, just, I would just draw whatever my daily thing was. And the very first thing that I did... Um, uh, as a as little honeybee as like a retail business or whatever mm-hmm. um, is I watch the movie La Mission and La Mission is about uh, the Mission District in San Francisco uh, starring uh, another fil- uh, fellow Filipino Lou Diamond Phillips so if you ever watch that um, it's it's pretty cool and I I just typed in there like I drew a bacon wrapped hot dog and in SoCal we call them alley dogs. Yes. Or dirty dogs. Um, <laughs> but they have them here, too. Um, so um, so one of, they're very notorious back in those days, was notorious for that specific um, community, the mission. And so um, I was just like, oh, what is your favorite part of the mission? And I drew this alley dog or bacon wrap hot dog. And then people were just like, man, I really want that, like, in a, in a card, like a postcard or a greeting card or whatever. And I was like, okay. So I started drawing like these little greeting cards and the next um, holiday after that time was Valentine's Day. And so I started, I was feeling some type of way I was dating around or whatever. Um, So I started getting inspired by by that, by love and what I was going through. Cool. Um, And I did like a set, like a collection of Valentine's Day cards. Okay. And then I started to sell them. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So that's really where it where it all stems from. Was, so was that to, bacon wrap hot dog alley dog? Post. That's it. <laughs> let's give it up to the alley dog for the inspiration. Right. Wow. So then that yeah. evolved. That evolved. Then uh, so you got some customers. You got some. Well, first of all, you got some responses. You tried something out. Um, you know, kind of posting. I guess whatever was happening in your life at that time, and then people mm-hmm. actually expressed like that would be dope on an index card or something like, or like a greeting card. Yeah. And so you're like, yeah. Oh, would it? Because I could make it, you know? Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> and then the hustle mentality yes. came back, and I was like, okay, how can I spend this so I can make some money? So. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's great. I straight up was like, okay, let me print this out and see if it sells. Um, and, um, one of my biggest inspirations at the time was my cousin, cause she, she actually had her own business, um, creating jewelry. Okay. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have ever been exposed to like, um, craft shows and little like trunk shows if it wasn't for her going through it as well. So, um, so I started being, you know, um, 
immersed in like this culture of uh, small business. Okay, so now you're starting to like kind of build this, uh, I don't know, your little spot in the community of businesses that Mm -hmm. do this. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then so, you know, you do your research online, you see, okay, what crap shows are are coming by. And and back during those times, they weren't super big yet. Like now, like crap shows and trunk shows, everybody's at them, you know, like, and everybody's going on them and they they're actually really expensive to participate in now but, oh wow um back in the day they were super cheap like mm. i'm talking about like twenty dollars thirty dollars and i'm talking about um if you're from the bay area and you know renegade craft fair is like one of the biggest um craft fairs that happens every year like a c- couple days in the year and um you know it was like really small back then and i was part of it you know selling my greeting cards and um, just being in, immersed in all that culture and seeing um, other entrepreneurs and small businesses like, oh, I make candles and I make soaps or I also do greeting cards. But knowing with that hustle mentality of the hood, you know, knowing that I can make money off of this, and I can put food on my table with my gifts, I'm going to say. Yeah, and they should. You should call them that. They are gifts. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm just like that's where it connected for me right on as far as the business part so things i think uh, on your website from what i from what i saw briefly just today even i went i went on um and i see that a lot of it is t-shirt designs right so you went from uh, from greeting cards are greeting cards still in your repertoire of you know products um so i actually i do have greeting cards so every valentine's day i still come out with either a new collection or I revive old collections. Okay. Um, um, but every Valentine's Day, I do have a collection of greeting cards that come out because I, I still feel like it's relevant for those. But in this digital age, it's really hard to get customers for, like, post, you know, yeah, stationary. Yes, yes, I get it. Because a lot of it is e-card this and e-vite that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, unless it's custom made for those specific person like they'll look at it they'll take a picture of it and it's digitally there you uh-huh. know what i'm saying uh-huh i get it they're not gonna spend four dollars in in buying that one thing you know but back in the day yeah it was it was killing i'm not gonna lie yeah. <laughs> um, but um but um nowadays it's not where the money is mm-hmm. and um i i i, I I did stationery, but I did trickle in T-shirts here and there okay. um, of my designs, and you know I was trickling in uh, you know different cultural things every now and then. Um, I can't really say which one was like the first Filipino-inspired um, illustration and stuff because I because I've done so many okay. like over the years. Yeah. Um. But yeah, um, having. Uh, my son, you know, I I kind of was out of the game for a little bit. Okay. You know, I was what, what, like, what, what know, caused I'm, that to happen? Is, was it because, you know, becoming a mother and all? Yeah, becoming a mother okay. and just trying to figure out how to balance balance all that. Okay. Um, um, I, I was the breadwinner of, of my family at that time, and so it was really hard for me. Like, I had to really push myself to just do what I need to needed to do to put the food on the table and respect like that but yeah but 
but um you know like later on you know as my son gets older you know i realize that like there's not that much out there um as as far as kids wear but now like today there's so many kids wear brands and and everything and so it's it's part of the game but at the same time it's it's um good to know that like i started off from um from a place of origin and not just like oh well there's all these other brands i'm gonna do it too you know yeah yeah you weren't jumping onto something that was like just the fad but you had already been at this and you already have kind of a market sample of like what people are looking for yeah yeah and um i've I've been really blessed in the bay area um because there is a lot of culture out here and they embrace that culture and um i I'm so blessed that I, I've been part of different trunk shows and um, craft shows that are geared towards my specific customer. Interesting. I'm talking about Filipinos. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, the audience does, may not be familiar, but Little Honey V, um, the online shop, has T-shirts um, that V has designed that have these Filipino phrases that they're really common in our culture. Um, you yeah. know, like, like a simple one, uh, says like, I love my Lola, which is another way of saying, I love my grandmother. Um, but you know, like, like those phrases and those words are nostalgic. And you alluded to that earlier that you're a nostalgia type of person. Um, but you know, we grew up in that culture. And so it, it's such a, it's a very, very defined, like dialed in niche market of customers that you've got. Yeah. Um, but yet you, yeah. you found a way to speak, you know, through that, uh, to them through your design. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been involved in the Filipino community ever since I was in high school. Like, I was president of my Filipino club, and then, like I said, when I went to SASU, I was part of AB Samahan. Like, wherever I go, I do find like a com- like some kind of like community organization that I can work with, mm-hmm. so that I can do my part. That like it's always been ingrained in me some somehow. Um, and th- the one thing that's like really fulfilling about this what I'm doing now with the like Filipino words and, and saying is that there's people that come to my booth, you know, like at these shows and they're like, Oh my God, beautiful eyes. Like I thought that was just me and my Lola type thing or, um, Gigil, I thought that was just like what me and my mom, um, did. Uh. And little do they know that this is a whole cultural thing. Like this is part of growing up Filipino American. And um, there was no title for it, but I call it Filipino baby tricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like because close close open is more of a mechanics of your hand kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, motor exactly. skills. It's a whole cultural thing. Yeah, and it connects it connects people, especially a second generation, third generation millennial parents who may not have that Lola to pass down these Filipino baby tricks or whatever it is yeah. to the next generation, you know, to our kids. Got you. You know, we, you know what I mean? <clears throat> so I feel like I'm, I'm that outlet and, and being lightweight Fabi myself, <laughs> <laughs> like I ingrained that with my son, but you know, like being an outlet for other millennial or third generation, second generation, uh, Filipino parents being that outlet to, to bring out that nostalgia and remember those things, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's it, like, tr- when they come to my booth and they have that reaction, that guttural reaction where they're just like, <gasps> they cover their mouth and they're pointing 
at the shirt, like, oh my God, like my mom used to say that all the time. And um, even other cultures like uh, American, I'm talking about like Caucasian families that uh, would come up to my booth like, oh, my daughter knows how to do this because my nanny's Filipino. She knows how to close open. You know Look what I mean? Look at that, like, it, huh? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah it's kind of crazy um, how much of that culture is passed down, um, even in, like, from babysitter to, you know, to, to, to the baby. So it, I feel like I'm a, I'm a some sort of a bridge um, from uh, different like different parents to, 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 to know that it's a huge cultural thing. It's not just their family. That's so beautiful. I, 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 I love that that's your, I guess, um, my, your motive behind it is to be that connecting of the gap, you know? And, and, and you mentioned like maybe a Caucasian family who might relate because they have, I don't know, a coworker who has a granddaughter yeah. and they're Filipino or, or something like that. And, and, and even okay. they kind of understand that and, and you get to kind of, yeah, you get to showcase that and be the voice for that, for that, that connection. That's dope, man. Yeah. I, and, and I, and, and yeah, it's, it's very fulfilling fulfilling and, and and it gives me like some sort of a high when i see their reactions too that's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah i get it um it, it's it's your honestly it's your way of like leave it, it's leaving something that's bigger than you behind you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you knew that you know that you got to do that and be that and be that like factor for people to to make that connection or bring them back to their childhood things like that that like they want to feel that love and you and you get to design it you know that's that's tied yeah, Man. I mean, I I definitely bring give, give big up big up to my Lola. Yeah, um, we call her Grammy, not oh, Lola, but yeah. she, you know, she was a big inspiration to to all these things because those were the sayings that we grew up with. Yes, you know? yes. Um, so it's 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 unless you're Filipino or unless you have like you know the culture, there, it's really hard to explain some of the things, and uh-huh. so that's why it bridges um us together because it's like oh well you're filipino i'm filipino we both know this thing like um subconsciously what gigil means uh-huh. like can you can you explain gigil I like can't. it's really hard to explain i right? can't like, like <laughs> when you say it and i tried to explain it i just clenched my fist like i didn't know yeah. i didn't know what else to do <laughs> yeah exactly it's like yeah it's, the, it's that type of connection yeah it's like oh, okay you know what i know yes and that's that's what makes us similar, you know? Yeah, yeah. Let me, okay, let me ask you something, like, I guess from, from a marketing standpoint, when you consider the fact that it's so refined to the Filipino culture, do you, yeah. do you see that, I mean, obviously you see that as a great opportunity for you to, to make that connection, so, um, and I get that, respect. Do you also see it as any way of, uh, like, does it hinder you from, um, I don't know, I guess, uh, from a profitability standpoint, does that make any difference to you that that, that might hinder the market? Um, I mean, I, I don't just have um, Filipino words and sayings, like, yeah, that's my main thing. Yes, okay. Um, but, but I do, I have collaborations with, with um, other companies. Um, I don't know if you saw, but like on my Instagram, we had, I did a collaboration with um, Let's Kids, which is another children's uh, clothing company. Okay. And I illustrated and designed um, a few 
hip hop inspired T-shirts. Um, um, one one of them is Tupac, and it says "Dear Mama," and the other one is Aaliyah. Yes, and I saw those. There's one in the million. Uh huh. So I I I do think which that, are both um, sold out, by the way. Yeah, they're both sold out, so you can't get it. The <laughs> <laughs> so Dear Mama is actually sold out um, in all of our retail stores and online. It's pretty much sold out. I think. Um, my partner said there was only like one or a few sizes left. Wow. So this is going to be our fourth time rebooting, like replenishing our stock. So um, it's been doing really well. Cool. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, but I do think, um, as what you were saying, like you think that like um, I'm not getting enough money from other uh, avenues or whatever. Right, right. I don't. Okay. Like I, I think that I, I specifically uh, gear my gear my little honey V stuff towards um, the Filipino culture because it's very important to me. Like I said, to be to be that bridge. Yeah. But in the whole beginning of this, I was an illustrator, and that's what I did. You know, I illustrated daily blogs on on Tumblr and stuff like that. So I feel like. In, at the end of it, if I'm doodling or drawing something um, and it's going out there in the ether, wherever it's going, then I'm doing what I was meant to do. I respect you know? that so much. Yeah, 100%. That's great. And and, and money, yeah. You know, like, um, I, I, I don't see any um, difference from any of the earnings or marketing from anything that I'm doing. And, yeah. like... You know, a lot of people have like, oh, this is my personal Instagram, and this is my business Instagram, uh-huh. and this is my work Instagram. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but for me, um, like on my profile, it says graphic designer, illustrator, mommy. You know, like yeah. it says all these things on on my profile, and it's just that. That's what you're gonna see on my feed. You're gonna yes. see that. I'm a mom, and you're going to see that I'm a, a graphic designer. You're going to see that I'm an illustrator. You're going to see that I am a business owner. And um, I just feel like I'm all these things, but it's but it's um, it is who I am. And I don't think that um, like I don't think it's hindering me from being where I feel comfortable or happy. Does that make sense? It, I, I totally get it. Yeah, and I think you said it in more ways than one too. Where, <laughs> as long as you know that you are doing what you love and what is meaningful, and in this case, it's to doodle your, you know, to illustrate and to make a connection to your cultural being, you're fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to how you make your money is far more important than how much. And yeah. And, and you just put love into this. You put love into those Valentine's cards back in the day. Um, you were you were just putting yourself out there when you know it was about that uh, about the alley dog, and and it just it just turned into something where like hey you know what at the same time I can also kind of I could sell this stuff because people appreciate that and they connect to it and that's what's important mm-hmm. to you. You want that connection. So yeah, I absolutely yeah. get it. I absolutely understand where you're coming from. And I and I. I, I I asked that question as devil's advocate. I wanted to, you know, I just wanted to know, does that, how much of, how much of, of weight does that hold in your work? But it doesn't seem to hold too much because you're doing what's important to you. And that's, and, and I respect that again so much. You know yourself well enough to the point where it's like, I don't give a fuck what people think or how, or how much I make. I'm just going to do it because it makes me happy. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I definitely 
you saying it back to me is like eye-opening. It sounds hella weird because, you know, I'm on a podcast right now, but <laughs> you saying it back to me is like, oh, you know what? You're right. Yes. That is exactly how I feel. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I love the the, uh, the story that you that, that you shared though like from from beginning stages like it, it really did start with humble beginnings, you know, very little resources, not a lot of like lavish um, I don't know like just living you know it wasn't like that it was yeah. it was like it was family no. it was friends it was spreading yourself thin and making like weird ass decisions really uncomfortable ones to get to the point where like I man I'm in a good spot and I'm really happy and proud of what I'm doing so that's yeah you should be and and I guess it, it does sound weird when someone else kind of like relays it back to you but if if I can say that who's to say that hundreds and thousands of other people can't appreciate it the same way Damn dude you give me tears in my eyes don't you? <laughs> No I really I really appreciate that you know um yeah it's that's just so funny to to hear it's it's really um I I'm glad that I'm I'm able to do this and inspire people it's um shoot I'm about to get all serious now go <laughs> go it is, it is, it's fulfilling like you said, like, it feels good. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I definitely um, reach for that. Cool. That emotion part of it. <laughs> that feeling of it. There's a lot of people that listen to this show, um, and maybe they found this show because they are looking for a way to, you know, set the stage for themselves. And that's why I bring, yeah. I bring on guests like you who have, who are, like, who've, who've started from something... Um, that wasn't very much, but then like they're also still right in the thick of figuring it all out. Um, and whether we all figure it out one day or not, it like it's, it's beyond me. Like I don't think that we ever will figure it out. I think we just kind of constantly yeah. try. You know what I mean? So right. for that for that listener that has the ambition to do something that's outside of or against the grain, what's one lesson or piece of advice that you can share with that aspiring creative who's listening? You should have been a comp major. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. No, 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 no. Like, like I do look look back at that, and I'm like, man, my paycheck would have been so fat. But at the same time, you think about it, and you're like, but would I be? Would I be happy? Would I? Would I feel fulfilled? So I think I think just strive for for that because. Um, especially me coming from being a parent, you know, you, you have another life that you got to take care of. So if you're happy and, you know, self, self-help is really important um, nowadays because um, depression is a very big epidemic right now. Um, and I, I feel like if you feel happy and fulfilled and you have something to share and are able to inspire other people, then do it. <laughs> like, Dope. You know, your dreams are not really that far away. Oh, my you know, God. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that was heavy for me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, even if it comes later in life, like you said, like, um, like how you felt like, it came later in life. Even if it comes later in life, you still have a lot to, of life to live, to give. You know what I mean? So just do it. I'm 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a mic that's a mic drop right there. It's the truth. I I mean, uh it, it's it, it's easy to say it, you know, and I get it. It's, it's a very simple comp com um it's a very simple principle to live by, which is just do it because you it makes you happy. As long as you're not hurting anybody in the process, right? Like yeah. like go do that yeah. thing. But it's as simple as it sounds, it's also very hard to do. And I think that's where that's where people hold back. It's like it's like there is still a grind behind that happiness. You know, it is yeah. a, it is a pursuit of happiness for a reason. Because we gotta we gotta we gotta strive for it. We gotta we gotta work at it. But but it has to be meaningful enough for us too. And it sounds like to me you've you've you're right in that balance where you understand like this is what I love to do and this is how I'm going to provide my fulfillment. And if I'm happy, then my kids, my fam they're happy and proud too and that and that's 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 the beauty of it that's dope yeah exactly you gotta be a whole person for for a kid and your spouse whoever you're with and you know you can't be half of a person just because you're like well this is how it's gonna be because i need to make hella money you know i need to live a lavish life like it just think about it yeah you know like just think about it think about the principles and if you really had nothing I would bet that most people would say that they would, as long as they had their family, you know? Yeah. So you kind of have to think of it like that, too. Respect, V. I love what you're doing. Um, I think that wraps up our uh, like our discussion. Like I, again, I really appreciate where this is all coming from for you. Like I love that you have created something for other people to enjoy, and that makes you fulfilled. Um, you were the ideal candidate. Shout out to Ant for introducing us. You were the ideal Thank candidate for this show. Thank you, Aunt Ruba. Yes. Uh, for hooking us up, and I I don't know if the if the recording was on earlier, guys, but. I wanted to thank Eddie for having me on here and I really appreciate what he's doing. He's uplifting spirits and motivating people and that's really important. It really is. So congrats again and thank you for having me on. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks so much V. Thanks everybody. V, thank you again for your time with me on the show. It means a lot to me that you took time out of your day right before the holidays and um, it just I just really appreciate your time. Yo, how cool is this woman, man? She was so open, very comfortable in her own skin, and even though I've never met her in person, I can just feel her vibe is authentic. Her story is hands down one of my favorite episodes to ever share. It's so real, it's so relatable, and just downright inspiring. I hope that we can connect in person sometime in the future, V. Listeners, thank you guys so much for your time as always on the show. I, I, I get this really cool opportunity to sit down with these dope people and it's just great that you have taken the time to listen in and hopefully you gain something from each of these episodes. And again, if you have ever been impacted in any positive way by this show, please give this a rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen from. It would mean a lot for me and it would mean the universe for the show to gain even more momentum and relevance on whatever platform you listen to. And if you haven't already, click that subscribe button and you'll never miss a beat. And I'll catch you next Thursday on the spinoff show, the newest episode of Backstage with Eddie Mack will air another one. Until next time, guys, live with passion, live with purpose, and follow your heart. Let's go.